Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. As I speak, we have turned another page in the calendar, and it is always uh, for me a kind of both surprising and an exciting event. It is surprising because the last memory we I have of turning a page was 30 days ago, and I wonder where it all went. And I turn the page to a new month, and I think, oh, how am I ever going to get to the end of it? And it, it's amazing uh, because it gives me an opportunity to look over the month and to see how the church's calendar is so shaped, as well as the secular calendar. And that calendar in the month of June for this year is particularly rich. Look at all of the important feast days that we are going to be celebrating this month. Pentecost, this coming Sunday. Trinity Sunday. Corpus Christi. The Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. The Solemnity of the Birth of John the Baptist the Solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul on the 29th of June. And interspersed are other feast days that themselves have great importance, such as the feast day of St. John Fisher and Thomas More on the 22nd. And I want, over perhaps the next uh, three weeks, to speak about how, in fact, these feast days in the month of June represent for us a powerful impulse to the Christian life, to spreading the word of Jesus Christ, also an impulse to examine our own particular lives and how we have, in fact, incorporated Christ into our lives and how we speak of that life and how we live in both joy and hope, even in difficult times. Because with every feast day I find in the calendar, we celebrate an end and a beginning. And this is certainly true about the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost, as I said, offered this coming Sunday, is the celebration of the end of the Easter season. It is not only the end, but it is a celebration of the closing and culmination of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And in that ministry, in all that he uh, said and taught and endured, rising to new life, all of that comes to a completion in the fulfillment of his promise to send the Holy Spirit among us. And that is the ending. But there's no ending in the Christian story without an impulse to begin, to begin a new reality in what we have celebrated. And this is certainly true about Pentecost. We now begin for a second time the celebration of ordinary time a time when we make the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ the motive of our daily existence. And when we come to realize that the 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the apostles was not a one-day event, but rather continues in an abundant outpouring of the Spirit upon all of the Christian faithful in every time and every place. And therefore, the Feast of Pentecost is also a call to mission to all the faithful, to use this time we call ordinary, to make the power of Christ an ordinary part of our existence and our reality and of our hope for our our life here on this earth. And we pray for the continuing power of that Holy Spirit in, in our lives. And we began to ask ourselves, how is that gift of the Holy Spirit manifested in our lives? I think sometimes in uh, Christian life, when we speak about the gift of the Holy Spirit, we almost naturally go to the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit in some of the manifestations that are are out of the ordinary, the speaking in tongues, the spontaneous healings, uh, supposed gifts of, of prophecy. But the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes first in that abundance of the outpouring of the Spirit is the gift and the power to recognize Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Redeemer and Savior of the world, and to recognize him still present among the faithful, within the church, within the community of disciples, within the sacramental life, within the hearing of the word of God, Jesus Christ is still with us. And that is why in the Gospel of Matthew, probably the most important title that is given to Jesus by the evangelist is the title Emmanuel. And really, in in spite of its importance, it is mentioned only at the uh, beginning of the gospel, but it is, in fact, reiterated at the end when Matthew tells us about the ascension of our Lord into heaven, when the Lord turns to his disciples and says to them, Remember, I am with you always which, of course, is the meaning of the term Emmanuel. And the Holy Spirit grants us that power to recognize the meaning of Jesus Christ and his presence among us. The Holy Spirit is also that gift of strength, not only the ability to recognize Jesus Christ, but the ability to follow Jesus Christ, especially in his commands. And by our own following we further that gift of the Holy Spirit with a certain wisdom on how to apply the commands of Jesus Christ to the particular circumstances of our lives and of our own times. How we allow that voice of the Holy Spirit, that call to recognize Jesus present among us, to understand the great power of his word, to allow us to speak that, by our lives and by the words we use, and no matter where we find ourselves as as Christians. So often I have found that the power of the recognition of the presence of the Spirit 
and and how we live, how we speak, uh, how we have responded to particular circumstances, the recognition of that presence comes, by and large, only in recollection. But in remembering and thinking back and how important it is for us as, as Christians to take time to meditate on what has happened to us, to meditate upon our lives, to remember those ways in which this Holy Spirit actually speaks to us. And I think that form of recognition allows us to cultivate one of the most generous virtues of the Christian faith, and that is gratitude, a simple life of thanksgiving which is the building block of a healthy Christian life. And in remembering the gift of Pentecost, in remembering the gift of the Spirit, remembering his ordinary gifts given to us that we might live an authentic Christian existence, those gifts are going to be perfected in wisdom, in hope, and enjoy. But I ask you to remember a moment in the account of the ascension of our our Lord. When as our Lord ascended into heaven, the disciples stood there, I suppose, in absolute awe, looking up to the place where Jesus seems to have disappeared. And two men dressed in white, we are told, came to them and addressed the disciples, and the question they asked is, why are you just standing around? You have a job to do now. For our Lord has ascended to heaven, not to be distant from us, but in order to send the Spirit to us that we might understand that indeed Jesus is with us until the end of the ages. But you have a job in proclamation. And on a very serious note, I think it is particularly important today, as we have read about and sometimes deeply involved in the painful events of the past several weeks, in fact, I think of the past several years, that are telling us something about how we have lived as a society how we seem to have been wandering away from those principles of godly living which help us to shape a healthy society. And it reminds Christians that we are called by the power of the Holy Spirit to transform our culture and to uh, to shape that culture according to the light and the authentic humanity revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So often the immediate uh, solutions to these extremely painful events is simply to protect us from further victimhood. But if, in fact, all we do is create a fortress in which we are encapsulated to defend ourselves, we realize maybe this is the uh, the most important immediate effect we can do. But what does it say 
about our culture and our society in general. How do we shape a culture in which violence is cast away, in which there is a growing trust among neighbors, among people, even among strangers, who are are brought up with a particular cultural uh, sensibility, which I find. How do we establish simple things like civility and courtesy and language and how we touch other people's lives? How do we live the reality that in every human person we meet, there is a spark of the Christ presence in us? How do we create that culture which John Paul II calls the culture of life and which Francis calls a culture of uh, really attacking a culture of disposable items, including human life. How do we do that? And as we celebrate uh, Pentecost Sunday and the continuing Pentecost of the Spirit in our lives, let us pray God for both the wisdom by which to do this and the courage to accomplish it. For that is part of our responsibility in the Spirit of being a faithful Christian and living and desiring a community of discipleship.